0: Well, a few weeks ago, my mom was in the hospital and uh, late one night we got moved from a regular room down to uh, an ICU room, the intensive care unit. And uh, it was a very long night. It was a very long, like 36 hour day. Uh, the ICU is a great place to be if you need to be there. Uh, but if you don't need to be there, uh, you know, it's a noisy place. i really thankful for the care that she got. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been in rooms in the ICU quite often, you know, as a pastor, I've never been in one on the other side of the equation. And it, uh, it can be a kind of scary place to be. Um, I don't remember uh, where in the course of things we were, uh, though I do remember, but by this time um, she was definitely improving and was stable and everything was safe and moving in the right direction and everything was great. But um, I, uh, I heard out down through the hallway in the ICU, uh, I heard someone clear their throat. All right. Not like, a <clears throat> like I'm about to prove a point, uh, throat clear, but like, a <clears throat> you know, just a little one, uh, like you're just clearing the throat as you walked along and, uh, through the like beeping oxats and through the sleepless weariness fog <laughs> of <laughs> that I was in, um, through the hustle and bustle of all the medical personnel coming in and going out and all that, like through all of that, I heard that sound. And I said, without thinking about it, without like mentally processing, it just kind of said it out loud. I said, my stepdad was here. And about 20 seconds after that, he rounded the corner. Now, perhaps I was more attuned to his presence because he was coming with coffee for the rest of us. Uh, That is possible. Um, But I just felt like in that moment, it was just, it kind of struck me I I just heard that little sound, and I knew it was him, and I knew he was coming, even though he was so far away, and there was so much stuff, so much chaos and craziness in between where he was and where we were. It's like my brain heard something that my self didn't hear, but I knew he was there. Does that make sense? It felt like I had a superpower. Now, I've known that I had this superpower. I didn't realize I had it for my stepdad's voice. Um, A couple months ago at this point in time, uh, my daughter, sleeping in a big girl bed, had Uh, in the middle of the night, managed to fall off of it and wedge uh, herself in between the wall and the bed. Like when I got into the room, her feet were just, you know, (laughs) sticking up, kicking. Um, It's not funny. Uh, um, But uh, I, I was halfway up the flight of stairs to her room before I was even awake. It's like my ear, my brain heard her cry and knew that it was a cry that I needed to respond to immediately. So much so that it got me up and out of bed before I'd even kind of woken up from the slumber that I was in. Right? Like, I feel like our brains have this capacity, this capacity to hear on sometimes a different level than we, we think of them as hearing. Right. Um, now, uh, I don't know if this is, if you're curious about this, but I did some scientific research to try and understand. And and scientifically speaking, this is the exact same part of the brain that can hear your kid cry out in the middle of the night and choose to wait until your wife has gotten out of bed and gone to the door to kind of get up and go, oh, you're going to get this one? Okay, cool, cool. I'll just lay here. Let me know if you need me. Same part of the brain, just in case you're curious. Um, Now, what does any of this have to do with our scripture today? Well, uh, we are wrapping up our sermon series known, uh, to know and to be known that we worship a God, um, are invited to know a God who desires to be known by us. Um, God knows us and wants to be known by us. Uh, and there's one more passage of scripture that we want to return to, uh, or that we want to turn to, uh, that we've kind of been and waiting on. It's a, it's a tender passage. It's a beautiful passage. Uh, I think it's full of, uh, warmth and, uh, but we often read over it because it happens on Easter morning. Um, uh, in chapter 20 of John, uh, which is often the portion of Scripture that we read on Easter Sunday, uh, you know, resurrection is happening, and so there's a lot of big things going on. And so sometimes we we read past this little exchange that takes place. Uh, Mary, one of Jesus' dear, dear friends, has gone uh, to the site of his grave uh, to anoint, to care for his body at the first possible moment. Uh, Jesus dies. Uh, they put him in the tomb the night falls, it's the Sabbath, um, and then it's like all the third day, but we're looking at like 36 or so hours. Um, Later, the light is just kind of coming in and Mary goes to the garden to to care for her friend who has died. And and in the midst of her grief and pain and loss, uh, she discovers that Jesus's body is not there. And she immediately begins like searching for clues to try and explain uh, where he went, like who might have taken him. And in her confusion and in the midst of this kind of chaotic moment, uh, she sees a figure through the murky morning light. And assumes him to be uh, the gardener. Now, uh, as readers, you and I know that it's Jesus, right? And so in this moment of like narrative, dramatic irony, I think they call it, she asks the gardener, like, does does he know where Jesus' body is, right? Um, and she's having this conversation. She even says to the gardener, like, if you've taken him, you know, in a, the peak of irony, I love that that part. Um, and then the gardener turns around and says to her, Mary when he says mary she turned and says to him in hebrew rabboni which means rabbi right or teacher it's like she hears with a different part of herself uh, this old familiar lilt in the voice like someone says her name in only the way that jesus says her name and in that moment she knows that she is known by the one who is standing in front of her note that jesus didn't say mary it's me like she didn't say, like, how do you know my name, random stranger in tomb, garden, aka graveyard. She hears his voice and she knows that she is known and responds by calling Jesus the thing that she always calls Jesus, Rabbi. It's like she hears the voice in a different sort of way, right? The same sort of like superpower way that our bodies can hear things Not that maybe we don't hear. When we hear the voice of God speak, we know that we are known. I think that this is not just a promise to Mary, right? That Jesus knows us and calls us by name. This is a promise for all of us, ordinary folks, people like you and me, that we can hear the voice of God. And when we hear the voice of God speak, we know that. That we are known. Jesus had basically forecast this moment in some strange way 10 chapters before. Uh, In chapter 10 of John, Jesus is uh, locked into a a tete a tete with the uh, religious leaders of the day. He's backed into a corner, uh, both in terms of the argument that he's making, but also physically, they've kind of got him cornered in the temple. um, And it's not going well. Just after the portion of scripture that I'll read here in just a second, um, they pick up stones to kill Jesus with uh, because of what he's saying. Uh, But they basically say, like, if you're the Messiah, you need to tell us plainly. And this is his response. Now, he's been talking about how he's the good shepherd, right? Um, But uh, he says, uh, the works that I do in my father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I would argue that you can't follow someone that you can't hear. Right? Um, uh, So I know them and they follow me. They hear me. They know that they are known by me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I believe that we can hear and can recognize the voice of God speaking to us. The voice of our Good Shepherd still calls out to us. And with a part of our spiritual being in some place or some way that I cannot fully explain or understand, it's like a superpower. Like this subconscious part of our brain that picks up a cleared throat through the ICU or picks up our baby's cry above all the other crying babies in the nursery, that we can hear the voice of God whisper, to us through our grief and our sadness and our hurt and our chaos and our confusion. And when we hear it, we can know that we are known. If that's true, and I believe it is, if that's true, then that means that our spiritual work as followers of Jesus, our spiritual work is to listen, to listen for the voice of God, uh, or as we might have said in an older day and time, to hearken to the voice of God. There's this great prayer uh, called the Veninti. It's uh, based off of um, Psalm 95. It, it's in the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, it's a part of the uh, rite to of the morning prayer for the Anglican Church um, and I In order to get the seat that I wanted in Old Testament class, I would go to morning prayer so that I could save the seat and then sit there. It's not the most virtuous reason for having gone to morning prayer, but it was a great way for me during that first year of Divinity School to sort of root myself in something important. Um, And this prayer uh, in particular, as a part of it, has really stuck with me. So I want to share it with you today. Um, It talks about hearkening to the voice of God when we get to the end. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his for he made it. His hands have molded the dry land. And then it ends with this beautiful invitation. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee. And kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. Oh that today you would hearken to His voice. Right. It seems that Jesus was leaning uh, on uh, the Psalms as well, right? These are the sheep, they hear my voice, I know them, and they know me. They hear my voice and they follow. This one invitation, this this notion, this idea that that I could hearken to the voice of God, right? That I could listen and expect to hear God speaking to me. That notion that I can hear God speaking, that I should anticipate and expect God to be at work in my life. And then my job is simply to respond to what it is that God is saying and that I get a chance to to participate in and to experience with God the work that God is doing in the world around me. That, That one awareness that one awareness has shift is probably the most profound like spiritual breakthrough of my adult life it has provided me of the most most like spiritual growth uh, spiritual capacity it shifted my orientation from understanding my life of faith to be primarily about coming to know about jesus and instead it kind of reoriented me and reminded me in a way that maybe i had forgotten Uh, That that I can actually know Jesus, not just know about God, but know God, not just know about Jesus, but know Jesus, that I can have a a relationship in that way. So much so uh, that that I now feel is kind of like my life's work is to help as many people figure out how to do that good listening work. Uh, as I possibly can. So I want to invite you, uh, to, into this kind of reorienting awareness with me. Maybe it's something uh, that you already know how to do and do well. If not, we'd love to partner and journey with you. Core one uh, is kind of based on that itself. This is what I want for all of us as, as a church. This is what I want for us to be able to do well. I don't want to trivialize that thing that seems so profound to me with, with a trivial example. Um, but if you know the movie Buddy the uh, know the movie Elf, uh, in it, there's a character, Buddy the Elf, who is raised in the North Pole with Santa, uh, leaves the North Pole in search of his biological father in New York, uh, goes there searching for him, and hilarity ensues. But uh, he ends up getting conscripted at a department store uh, to work in their North Pole. And the manager there uh, makes an announcement uh, to all the patrons uh, patrons that uh, Santa's going to be visiting tomorrow and Buddy the Elf loses his mind. He's like, Santa, I know him, right? This joy just sort of exudes every aspect of his body. He's like, that guy, Santa, he knows me and I know him and we're going to see each other and this is great. I know him, right? I want us to have like a Buddy the Elf kind of faith, right? Buddy the Elf doesn't say like, oh, I've read about Santa. He doesn't say, oh, I've heard through the grapevine about him. Like he says, I know him. I want us to have like that that level of intimacy with Jesus. Jesus, I know him. Maybe not quite as annoying as Buddy the Elf, but like, I want to say like, oh, I've read a book about Jesus that one time, or I've heard some people talking about him in this way. Like, I want us to have that kind of vital relationship with Jesus. Last week, I think Hope said something really profound and beautiful. Um, I was not in worship live, uh, so in person. So I was uh, listening on the recap um, and I actually rewound it two or three times just to catch what she said. She said it more beautifully than I'll say it here. Uh, but she was talking about how how God chooses to know us and that God does not know us uh, like by a database. She said, right, that God knows us by facts and figures, Uh, but that God has an intimate relationship with us because God created us, made us, knows us. Uh, Jesus says to his his, uh, disciples, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. He's like trying to remind us that God has this type of relationship with us. And that's the exact type of relationship that God is inviting us into. To not just, you know, God doesn't just know about us, God knows us. And God doesn't just want us to know about God, God wants to invite us into a relationship where God can be fully known. And I think that's the the invitation that I want to leave us with uh, today. I want us to be able to say, Jesus, I know him. And I, I want us to be the type of church that people don't just know about, but that people know us, right? The pumpkins are in the pumpkin patch out there right now. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I talk to someone, they're like, what church again do you say you work at? And I try to explain it. They're like, oh, the one with the pumpkins. Those pumpkins are doing a lot of ministry. Those are the best evangelists we got in the whole church, the pumpkins. Um, But I would rather people know us than know about us. And that by knowing us, they might come to know the Christ who knows us and calls us by name. So come, hear this invitation again. So come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. Now, that invitation stands, Um, and again, we would love to journey with you in it, uh, if there's anything we can do. Um, I do want to just give us a chance to respond to that, and I want to do so by praying a prayer that was a gift to me in a meeting that we were having, one of our leadership team meetings happening here at the church, and uh, we kind of share around, um, and a a member of our church was offering the devotion that night, Um, and I I don't want to tell her story, um, but... She was reflecting on what she was hearing God say to her uh, through this sermon series in some really beautiful and profound ways and talked in particular about how um, by kind of forcing, not forcing herself, but like really challenging herself, pressing into reframing how God saw her and asking the question whether her own self-image was matching uh, how God saw her. Um, She shared this prayer and I thought this would be a beautiful way uh, for us to, uh, to wrap up our conversation today. Um, In particular, I think it's cool that um, this was helping her listen to the voice of God in her own life. Um, And so having made that invitation for all of us today, I share this prayer that she brought to us from Kate Bowler uh, in a blessing entitled, For Learning to Love Yourself. When I don't feel worth loving, God, help me remember that you made me on purpose. God, let me look through your eyes to see the way you look at me with pride pride and tenderness, deep joy and love. Every freckle put in place, every split end numbered, every tear bottled, every bad joke laughed at, all my limits and all my mistakes, all my wild hopes and sometimes my sour attitude. All that makes me me is a masterpiece, at least in your eyes. And so, blessed am I, the one who sometimes feels unlovable, the one who can't stop replaying that one horrible moment over and over and over again, never mind that it's been several years and they definitely don't remember what I said. Blessed am I, as I shake off the embarrassment of being human again today, and all of my cringeworthy, foot-in-the-mouth moments, all my old-school photos, the crooked smiles, and the out-of-placeness i felt and still feel. Blessed am I, as I try to feel at home in this skin, remembering with more and more compassion that this is me and all of my unwieldy humanity. And maybe humility is something like this, compassion for ourselves, because there are no preconditions to being loved by God. May you know today that you are known by God and that God desires to be known by you inviting you to hearken to the voice of God, enter into a vital relationship with the one who loves you without preconditions. Amen. Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, We'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fbumc.org. And while you're there, uh, you can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in sort of an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us for those. Uh, if this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else while you're there, at the top right hand corner, there's a button that says give or you can go to fvumc.org slash give and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment. And we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.